Good afternoon. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this session. Um, just a quick intro. Uh, we are from Infosys, uh, myself, Saju, and I have my colleague, Abhijit, who will join us soon. So we are a technology and consulting services company uh, based out of uh, headquartered in Bangalore, India, and uh, we operate out of 50 countries. Uh, we work loosely with 800 plus clients today worldwide, and uh, we have around 2,200,000 2, employees, or we call it as innovators, with us today in our company. So the session today is all about um, talking about zero business disruptions across the four seasons along with AWS. You know, this is the four seasons of cloud adoption. It is no way related to any of the four seasons which happens across an year. It is more about the four seasons around the cloud adoption. And the four seasons are, we call it as the migration. Second one is the integration. The third is the operations, and the fourth one is the security part around it. Now, before we get into the enterprise business and IT imperatives, you know, I just want to spend some time in terms of what are we hearing from our clients today around the cloud adoption, and how is it happening within the enterprises, right? Um, so if you if you look at our client base and the conversations what we are having today, I would like to bucket it under two major areas. One is there is a huge infrastructure-centric adoption or infrastructure-centric focus around the cloud adoption happening. And why is it happening? It's because there are capacity limitations within the organization. There is also an imminent need for a DC refresh, you know, because some of them are due because of because of the assets are, are run, out of, run out of life. And there's also an interest in terms of getting into an asset service model, right? You know, where you have, you have more predictability in terms of your spend, and where you have more predictability in terms of what you should be planning for in terms of your capacity going forward. The second uh, the trend in terms of adoption, or the second uh, uh, I, I, we, we would call it as uh, the second uh, way of looking at adoption for cloud is uh, it's a portfolio-centric approach. You know, that is where there is a cloud-first or a mobile-first strategy with some of our clients. There's also an, uh, uh, a wish in terms of getting into an asset service model around every aspects of either a platform or a database or an application or... or um, or, or a function, right? And, and then there is a, there's an aspect of time to market, right, you know, in terms of um, how you can launch rapid features, you know, within your organization. And the last but not the least is um, bringing in new business capability by integrating with some of the partner technologies, right? So this is, these are the four or five areas, you know, what we have seen within the portfolio-centric approach. Now, both of these approaches are different in terms of the complexity, in terms of the way, the way in which uh, the cloud adoption happens, the timeline, what the customers are looking for. You know, if you look at the infrastructure-centric approach, that is where the timeline is, you know, they would like to get onto cloud in a very shorter timeline. They would like to get some of the dollars unlocked much quicker, whereas the portfolio-centric approach is more in terms of 
what are those new features what I can actually bring in? What, what level of efficiency is what I can draw from cloud as a platform? So we'll talk about both, right? You know, both of these scenarios in the context of some of our clients. And we'll also uh, talk about how this, how we, can, how we can address these things, you know, using our, our, our four seasonal approach in terms of getting onto the cloud. Now, this is, uh, this is around the enterprise and business IT imperatives. You know, obviously, I think you would have all seen this. And coming from the businesses are all around the time to market aspect, efficiency, and flexibility. And if you look at both what business and IT wants is consumption and accountability, right? You know, which I, which I mentioned on the infrastructure centric part as well as on the portfolio centric one. Now, the new thing which is coming in, you know, from operations, it's all around the knowledge driven operations. You know, how do you, how do you actually bring in predictability in terms of, um, you know, effort, uh, you know, incident reduction, predictability, predictability in terms of identifying the incidents upfront, um, and, and, making, eliminating some of these incidents, right? And you can actually bring in 40 to 50% reduction in the incidents. And the last but not the least is all around the business service assurance. Now, this is all about improving the visibility within what you are trying to deliver to your, to the clients or deliver to your, uh, you know, external clients. Now, Coming into the migration challenges faced by certain enterprises. Now, when I say migration, it's all around the adoption. You know, how do you get onto this adoption wave? Now, we just want to, uh, you know, correlate this to some of the client contexts what we have come across uh, within our clientele or our client base. And I would like to, then I would like to draw this across to the two adoption uh, methodologies, what is being adopted, whether it is an infrastructure-centric one or whether it is more of a portfolio-centric one. The first one is um, um, a leading healthcare company in U.S., right, you know, where we have been working closely with them in terms of taking some of their digital workloads um, onto cloud. You know, that is, that is one of those um, immediate requirements what the customer had. And this was uh, more about the capacity and it was more about time to market, you know, what the customer was looking for. And the challenges was more around um, security and compliance, because this is, this is from a compliance perspective. What are those aspects of compliance? What I should I should be taking care? You know, once I'm actually moving towards cloud. The second one is a leading wealth management company based out of Australia, and this was this this uh, this journey started purely from an infrastructure centric aspect. You know, that is where they would like to. There was a DC refresh. What they were actually looking for, they were trying to unlock some dollars from. From the, uh, looking for some major cost savings of their infrastructure spent, and what is a way in which you can actually bring in AWS as an alternate to their existing data center services? You know that was the that was the way in which this adoption happened. While there was there was again a hybrid view. You know once the once the journey to cloud started, there was a hybrid view in terms of bringing in more services. You know integrating with more of the uh, services from external partners, but it all started in terms of bringing in some savings around the infrastructure. And the challenges was more around the regulatory compliance, governance, and security controls. And um, this was where, you know, there was certain regulatory requirements from a regional perspective which had to be met. And this being uh, Australia, it was APRA compliance, you know, which was supposed to be met, Australian Prudential Regulatory Authority. And that was one of those challenges what the customer had. You know, there was, there was a value prop of cloud, what 
what was visible as a part of some of the assessment which was done in terms of the applications what they are running and the infrastructure cost what is being drawn today. But the challenge was more in terms of how do we overcome some of these regulatory compliance um, and uh, compliance requirements. Now again looking at another leading university in Australia, this is where um, the customer was uh, looking for integrating, you know, moving, moving certain, some of their applications, you know, their, the learning platform or the learning module, you know, what they were exposing to their, to their students across the universities and schools onto cloud. And the challenge what they had was um, seamless and secure integrations. When you say secure integrations, there were, there were around 40 plus applications, you know, which was COTS and which was some of their partner, um, partner services, which they wanted to integrate onto this platform. And how do I do that was, was, was the challenges uh, what the customer had. While the solution is obviously what we had proposed is something, you know, we had to have a, uh, you know, integration bus on the cloud. You know, we had a partner who we had brought in a partner product. But how do we approach that is something what we will take you through in some of our approaches, um, what we will, uh, what, we, what, what I will explain in the coming slides. Now, the next one, you know, these are all different, different scenarios. You know, for example, a leading financial entity in the U.S. And this is where uh, they wanted a zero-touch deployment for some of the applications, what they were having. And they wanted to make sure that this is all taken, uh, you know, it's on, it's, the whole application is being considered as a code, you know, which can be deployed seamlessly on the, on, while, while, while moving onto the cloud platform. Now, coming into our solutions, right, now, how do we approach this? You know, our solutions for, we call it as Infosys solutions for the business workload migration. So it's all about coming out with a minimal viable path, you know, from a migration perspective. And how do we approach? How do we come out with a minimal viable path? So we have two approaches. You know, one is the migration with transformation and one is without transformation. So this is uh, typically the ones without transformation are the ones which is, which is appropriate or which is suitable in a scenario where the customer is trying to, um, um, you know, come out with, has some capacity limitations or definitely would like to have um, a DC refresh needs, right? That is where, you know, there is, there is no time, time frame what they have in terms of getting out, go, getting the applications through a transformation. And that is where, you know, we would like to have a minimal viable path to take the whole applications or the portfolio onto cloud. Now, the activities, what we normally do, you know, it starts with the discovery of the assets, you know, what is there on the, on what the customer has today. It can be the portfolio. We call it as a portfolio assessment. We look at what are those viable options within the portfolio, um, and it comes out with a migration recommendation. Now, this migration recommendation normally has two parts. You know, either you can do it without without with a transformation and without a transformation, and each of them has pros and cons, and we list down the pros and cons. So the first three things, you know, whatever we are, I'm talking about, discovery, assessment, and migration, we have actually codified the entire complexity of doing it. So we have a migrator tool. That's what we have called it out, you know, Cloud Migration Suite, which is our differentiator, which can do an automated discovery, do an automated analysis of the applications, and come out with some recommendations based on the target what you really want. And in this case, the target is AWS. 
and on the then comes the whole aspect of coming out of the business case you know what is a what is the whole business case of getting the application onto cloud and how does the business case stack up and how does it stack up if you actually do it without a transformation with a transformation and then look the, look at the the design aspects of the cloud you know which is moving on to the aws part uh, looking at if there is a code refactoring required from an application perspective now this is again the code refactoring um, we have actually built a knowledge base and repository which could actually automatically analyze the code and give us recommendations in terms of if it needs to be refactored and what are the ways in which we can refactor it and can you uh, it, it can actually be done with minimal interventions right or i would say you know there is there is 30 to 40% time to market what we have actually brought in there in terms of getting this done and then the whole aspect of qa certification uh, this is this is these are the core activities which happens around it and we have a cloud assessment toolkit which which actually does the whole entire life cycle of it and then comes the cloud testing services and we have three service lines around it one is testing the cloud itself right now we we can actually there are few customer requirements which comes in to figure out can you actually help us in terms of testing the whole the cloud services you know what is being offered from some of the some of the vendors today and testing the applications you know the applications what we are putting on the cloud what we are migrating on the cloud and testing in a cloud you know how does it perform from an nfr perspective on applications what is what is being moved on to cloud so some of the differentiators the way we have actually tried to do this address this is as i mentioned you know we have codified some of the complexity plus we have also brought in some level of investments in certain some of our partners you know like a partner like a cloud endure is where we have invested in terms of this is this is going to help us in terms of migrating the workloads from uh, a source to the cloud and from a cloud assurance suite you know this is again what we have built uh, to bring in an assurance around cloud now i'd like to talk about our approach for workload migration and this is uh, this is as i mentioned earlier you know this starts with an assessment and a blueprinting phase we actually look at uh, the overall architecture we actually look at the whole migration planning how do we plan the migration in terms of uh, grouping the workloads um, and then the whole aspect of application refactoring path now it, if if this if we need to figure out what is the minimal viable path what is the right way of doing that uh, minimal viable path identification is something what we do and this is done for each of the applications or each each of the service you know we do we do it on a services basis you know which comprise of multiple applications and come out with recommendations in terms of what level of services what level of applications needs to be refactored for the for the target now again looking at um, the 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 operations and support part of it what level of operations and what uh, operational slas what need what we need to bring in into the whole cloud environment what what is on the source today and what is that we can actually move on to target is uh, another uh, assessment what we do and that is another recommendation what comes in as a part of our uh, offering now as a part of this whole uh, four seasons of migration operations integration and security on aws um today we are actually uh, taking a, one of our uh, solution suites um into production and um, it was actually on a beta with some of our customers we call it as the aws assurance suite so my colleague will actually um, give a small preview of that 
uh, how we are doing it uh, as a solution, the whole nine yards of getting getting the applications onto cloud, or the whole um, taking the uh, whole cloud adoption across the four um, four seasons, whatever we mentioned. So over to you, Abhijit. Three and run. So this is the uh, AWS. Yeah. So this is the AWS Assurance Suite, uh, which Saju just spoke about. Uh, primarily, this is aimed at helping uh, enterprises leverage the best of what AWS has to offer with an enterprise-ready uh, cloud associated with it. So what what it provides? It's a multi-tenant platform wherein you can onboard multiple uh, on top of it. And the idea behind this is to be able to actually provide a store, a, a marketplace, wherein they can consume multiple different types of cloud services. Uh, the cloud services could be uh, IaaS-based, PaaS-based. So there's a, there's a marketplace uh, wherein you can look at the cloud store, and it comes with pre-configured options of being able to uh, leverage and order cloud services, not just primarily what uh, you see on the AWS catalog in terms of the infrastructure compute storage, but uh, more importantly, how do we embed and integrate the operations controls, the security controls, the integrations back into the enterprise with multiple uh, different systems as part of it. So if you look at the catalog option, you'll basically get to see uh, details of how that particular uh, container is deployed. So one is the infrastructure components you have, then you'll have the OS components, what are the operations controls embedded, which are either used by the enterprise, or you might want to leverage something which is offered by AWS natively. All of those can be seamlessly uh, provided and adapted. You can have configuration management agents. So all of this is basically made available as a catalog item, wherein typically the developers, the testers, and organizations who want to basically order their own infrastructure before they start deploying code. They can just subscribe to a service at the click of a button, and uh, it, it automates the entire provisioning workflow right from being able to actually create virtual machines on the cloud as well as embedding all the ops controls associated with it. And this accelerates the entire DevOps journey uh, which organizations are taking, and this is one of the primary aspects of the solution which we bring in. So that is, that is one, one, one component uh, which we have. And once the, once the um, virtual, virtual machines are provisioned uh, or your platform services are provisioned, there is, a, uh, there is a mechanism in which you can actually operate this entire life cycle of these machines seamlessly through, uh, through a single pane of glass. So you can actually have multiple different tasks associated with it. Uh, you can have... Uh, you can do modification of an instance, creating an incident. It is integrated into an IT service management system. So all of these controls are embedded, and it provides complete self-service. And as we all know, right, with more power uh, comes more responsibility. And the idea here is this is all governed. There are controls, organization controls, organization rules, enterprise IT policies, all of that which is embedded so that it's highly secure in the way uh, a developer or a tester or uh, production uh, operation support engineer wants to basically operate this entire cloud environment. So this is something which is made available. We wanted to give you a brief snippet out here, and we'll talk about more about how we actually build this, and you can actually visit the booth to get more finer details about uh, uh, how we are doing the entire life cycle of the cloud migrations, as we just mentioned. So I'll switch back to the presentation now. Yeah. 
So, uh, Saju just spoke about the four seasons of migrations, and we saw that how we are basically taking uh, this to market with our uh, with our multi-tenant AWS service assurance suite. And the idea behind it is to, to ease the process of onboarding clients who want to leverage AWS cloud services very easily with out-of-the-box catalog, which can be customized or configured or reconfigured according to the needs of the enterprise clients. Now, uh, this, is, uh, this is one of our clients, which is a premium drinks company. Uh, they, they wanted to actually move their entire digital marketing platform uh, uh, onto, the, onto the cloud. And one of the key requirements for them was the agility in terms of speed. Can they have a catalog which basically caters to their needs of provisioning their tons of microsites or applications which are available, uh, which are which are available on their internal data center? How can that be seamlessly migrated onto the cloud? How do you provision infrastructure through single click? How do you provision platforms through single click? How do you have complex multi-layered stacks leveraging enterprise middleware components provisioned, integrated, and viewed? Uh, and, and onto the cloud through through a self-service portal. And this is something which we basically helped them realize. It, it led to about 40% cost reduction uh, in, in terms of hosting, as well as about 45% reduction in terms of the service management cost. And the, one of the primary reasons, we'll talk about it in the next few slides, as to why the service management cost gets reduced is the inherent automation which we bring on top of AWS services, uh, which is how do you operate the environment very seamlessly. How do you have events coming to you, uh, being pushed to you rather than you having to pull what is going wrong within your environment? How are those events getting auto-healed? So that is basically what is actually bringing uh, the entire cost reduction uh, aspects of it. So let's take a peek into how we actually went about building this and what does this enterprise-grade service assurance solution, what does that mean? As, as we said, we are leveraging the AWS cloud. The platform is hosted on the AWS cloud. It's a multi-tenant platform. But when we talk about enterprise centricity, one of the primary things with enterprise centricity is about ensuring that the service which is running within the four walls of the data center, when it is actually moved and migrated to the cloud, it gets the same level of service assurance, the same level of uh, what we call security, and the same level of performance as well as usability which you are getting within, within your four walls of your data center. And in order for an enterprise to do that, what we do is we basically, I mean, this is, this is a common practice which everybody might be doing, but primarily the, the important part is you integrate with your enterprise AD and inherit all of your rules, uh, all, your, all of your group policies and rules which are available within the enterprise AD, which is extended onto the, onto the public cloud. And more importantly, we create an entire organizational structure which mimics exactly how an organization is structured internally. So you might have an organization which is the top node, you might have a, uh, uh, what we call a business unit, you might have a portfolio and then programs and then applications. So that organization structure basically is mapped to your, uh, to your end users, which is, which is the users who are, who are coming from the AD, the, the Active Directory, and associated with each organization unit or a business unit, you basically put in a cost center management layer, you basically put in a business policy management layer, you associate the aspects of metering, uh, metering and billing multiple different services. So all of that is basically part of the enterprise organization centricity which we create. And what that does is, from that point on, when we actually re release the service for self-service, for, for an end user to consume an IAS service or consume a, a pass service onto the cloud, Whenever you single click and you, you provision all of these services, 
your charge and the cost gets allocated to that particular cost center directly, which is integrated in the back end with your, uh, with your PeopleSoft systems or SAP systems or any other ERP systems. So that is the seamlessness, which basically comes to the fore. And if you were to talk about a consu consumerized IT marketplace, one of the primary drivers is the ability to actually catalog every component of service, be it IaaS service, PaaS service, or a business application which is hosted in the cloud which you want to consume. So that is, that is something which is pretty important uh, from, uh, from the enterprise standpoint. Another key aspect is the policy-based orchestration. So there are, there, are business, there are business policies, there are IT policies. So business policies are all about ensuring that either your data is secure when it is actually moved onto the cloud and you, you are complying with your uh, industry regulatory compliance norms or your IT, internal IT policy compliance norms. So all of those business policies and uh, IT rules are codified in the form of, uh, in the form of uh, what we call catalog rules or in the form of uh, uh, dynamic policies which are basically applied. So say for example, there's a web application which is a seasonal application and you require your business policy states that it, it needs to have the highest level of service availability, it needs to have the highest level of security in terms of encryption, in terms of uh, uh, standardization of different, uh, different rules. That particular business policy is codified as part of that particular organization, business unit, portfolio, or uh, application. And when the end user basically provisions that particular application or the infrastructure code, those policies get automatically applied and uh, are, made, are, are actually made, uh, made online when the user requests for that particular service. So policy-based orchestration is dynamically associating IT rules and business standards with what you are trying to consume in the cloud. So that's what the policy-based orchestration layer is all about. The third component of uh, this, this, uh, this uh, migration is about ensuring that you are able to move a workload from one container to another container. You are able to move a workload from uh, one cloud to another cloud or your internal data center to a public cloud. Now, the ability to do that seamlessly, you can either do data migrations, you can either do application migrations. That's where we leverage the services of our uh, of our partner whom we have invested in, which is Cloud Endure, wherein we actually provide you single-click migration of applications and workloads from one cloud to the other cloud. And that is pretty important because the ability to do that seamlessly without actually spending huge cycle times in terms of projects, you, you, don't need, you should not be having to create separate projects for every application. It should be part of one single migration wave wherein you can actually do multiple projects or multiple applications in real time. So that's the any-to-any -any workload migration advantage which we have with this. Uh, I already mentioned about enterprise-specific standardization. Uh, we all have different types of applications which require different types of blueprints, and those blueprints require uh, have, have certain rules associated with it, as I mentioned. So the ability to actually leverage a particular blueprint either in the form of a uh, of, a, of a template or in the form of a container and being able to provision that container seamlessly through single click and then associating that particular deployment of a middleware component with your, your, with your enterprise's own uh, DevOps management lifecycle for continuous build, continuous integration is very important. And that is what we actually provide. So if you were to basically leverage a PaaS template, uh, which is uh, you, your, your developer or tester wants to actually deploy uh, a Java development environment and also wants to deploy a LAMP stack, uh, the ability to provision this entire infrastructure, uh, the application middleware stack, and associating it with your uh, DevOps lifecycle for ensuring that your release management is also automated is something which we provide as part of the uh, enterprise-specific uh, standardization for applications. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, 
and you saw uh, you saw in a brief demo once the infrastructure is deployed and the application components are deployed uh, the developer wants self service and today's world if if we talk about devops it's about the ability for the developer to be able to manage the production deployment of the applications also if you wish as per your organization rules through a, through a single pane of glass through a self service portal and the ability to patch an application the ability to automate uh, the the what we call the life cycle management of the applications to ensure that the security checks are appropriate all of that is automated so what you actually get in form of a single pane of glasses basically the it command center wherein the functions are executed by the automated robots and what you see on the on the ground is an audit trail of what was done so that your governance is in place to ensure that everything is hanging in balance as far as your uh, business service on the cloud is concerned so we have different port, uh, different personas for different uh, uh, different portals for different personas so if you have uh, a devops persona he might have a different look and feel if there's an ops persona you might have a different look and feel if it's, if it's an architect who's designing these uh, pass templates or infrastructure templates you'll have a different look and feel for that so that basically brings the entire construct of self service uh, to the fore now the amongst all of this the highly scalable integration layer is very key because if you bring something out to the cloud you need to ensure that you can actually uh, it's back compatible with what you have internally within your enterprise so there are examples like your ad your people soft systems your security tools you don't want to you might not want to leverage new security tools which are available on the cloud you might want to fall back on your existing security tools you might not want to bring in new monitoring tools to the enterprise but you might want to leverage what you have ex existing within your enterprise so so the ability to actually integrate back from the cloud onto what you have for your traditional data center and extend it for for consuming the same same service on the cloud is also pretty important and that's what the uh, scalable integration layer provides and on top of it uh, as i said uh, it's all about ensuring that your devops process is 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 pretty agile so one is the ability to order all of that through a self service marketplace second is the ability to actually leverage containers and then do the deployments of your applications through the containerized containerized services which are available either through AWS or leveraging your own internal docker deployments and applying it to uh, your platform the key thing is all of this needs can can get orchestrated through a single orchestration layer you do not need to have seven different tools underlying and for each having a separate ui a separate user interface you can actually integrate that entire experience of orchestrating everything the life cycle of everything on the cloud using a single orchestration layer and wherein your your cloud is aws and you want to manage all of these services holistically so this accelerates the entire time to market of onboarding new services uh, leveraging new aws services all onto the cloud very seamlessly yeah so this is what we did uh, this is uh, uh, a case study for a leading uh, aircraft manufacturer in the us so they had a 18 year old application uh, which was a uh cots application and that particular application was then customized by this particular aircraft manufacturer for uh uh for for the for their various reasons now what this particular application provided was uh it was it was basically a materials inventory for everything which happens with their aircrafts in the industry and they wanted to actually move this application onto the cloud now obviously uh, the cloud they were moving to the cloud for obvious tco uh, tco reasons uh, one of the primary objectives was reduce total cost of operations and what we provided them was a managed service on the aws cloud leveraging our platform and the, the most important aspect was ability to seamlessly migrate so we created that entire migration journey we discovered uh, what are the dependencies of this particular application uh, what are the 
what are the technical challenges which would be uh, which would be uh, dealt with which, which which would need to be dealt with when you move such an application onto the cloud and what would the back what would be the backward compatibility which is needed if in case the templates which are offered out of box on aws or what is currently within the enterprise do not work as is is there a os uh, os migration which is needed from what they had internally can the application be moved to a different uh, uh, tomcat container or a, a jboss container if you are actually moving that application all of these uh, considerations are actually were taken care of when we actually came up with the business case and then uh, the ability to actually have a continuous development environment available for the developers and testers to make changes to these applications through that self service catalog was made available to the developers and testers and then the 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 ability to manage and monitor and operate this application on the cloud was pretty important because for this particular manufacturer this this application was being consumed by tons of their other internal consumers their other business partners who are actually ordering parts of aircrafts onto this so such a business critical application although it was 18 year old had a seamless migration path onto aws it was not the latest and greatest of all technologies which they were using but we were able to actually black box it containerize it and deploy it on the cloud so while the newer generation web applications it's easy to migrate those you can actually look at legacy applications and move them to the cloud and still run your business with the most agile form of services which are, which are available to you so this is uh, something which we did as a complete transformation engagement we are still managing the end to end operations for that client around this uh, service now what we saw previously was service orchestration like in the service orchestration journey how do we provide a self service marketplace for uh, for end users to be able to consume development and test services on the aws cloud as well as do the production management now when we talk about enterprise grade uh, service assurance it's all about ensuring that every aspect of the enterprise application or the enterprise infrastructure model or the enterprise platforms model is embedded into a knowledge base the knowledge base is something which is basically created which is very privy to each and every enterprise and the knowledge base basically has the tenets of creating a knowledge ontology which which can help the system think and act on its own when you actually create uh, uh, create a repository of all of your enterprise rules as well as all of your enterprise operations data in real time how do you make that that knowledge driven solution be the be the fulcrum or be the linchpin for ensuring all of your auto operations onto the cloud are automated now one of the things is why is this applicable only to the cloud and obviously this can be applied to a traditional data center as well when we actually move to the cloud you are not looking at running your operations the same way as you were running uh, previously when you were in the data center traditionally our data center support model operation support model is organized at the layers where you have you have teams which which are staffed for either doing web application support or infrastructure support or security support but when you are actually moving things onto the cloud obviously there's a lot of inherent automation which aws brings by itself in terms of for you to actually get statistics about how your uh, how your applications are functioning or how your environment is but more importantly you also want to ensure that the the tco reduction which we are talking about doesn't come only from moving your workloads onto the cloud it's also about how do you reframe or reorient your entire operations model now reorienting your operations model would mean that you might have a a server to admin ratio of say 1 is to 1000 1 is to 2000 1 is to 10000 i mean the facebooks of the world etc are doing pretty high admin ratios but that is for a dedicated type of a workload which they are running their businesses for is a dedicated type of workload uh 
for the enterprise it's different because you are trying to move a, move a complex portfolio of workloads which could be ERP applications which could be high performance compute applications infrastructure applications your web applications all of these are moving onto the cloud so you might not be able to leverage the same server to admin ratios for operating your environment but how do you how do you actually ensure that your server to admin ratio actually decreases and you are actually leveraging the power of automation because automation could be there but you might not be leveraging it and one of the ways of basically doing is to ensure that you actually create a knowledge ontology of all of your components which are required for managing maintaining and securing your operations workloads on the cloud what that means is you basically embed you create a historical data warehouse a data lake of sorts which basically tell, tells you what are the events which have happened in real time not only for your application events or for your or your middleware platform events but what are the events which are occurring on the aws cloud what are the uh, how do you capture a complex stream of events which is coming from cloudwatch into a into a knowledge base how do you look at identifying which events are business critical or which which events can actually have an impact on the performance of your application or on the business service which you are operating how do you basically then create a knowledge tree around ensuring that once you have actually recorded a resolution for a particular problem or a event which has occurred within your environment that particular knowledge or problem or the solution is actually recorded within your within your data warehouse within your data lake and then it can be actually referred back to through artificial intelligence techniques through machine learning techniques by your by your robotic uh, process automation or by the power of software robots which you create so the ability to actually capture an enterprise knowledge ontology which can help you isolate a problem right from the business process to the business service to the application to the middleware to the infrastructure to the underlying virtual machine or the data center layer how do you actually create a full full stack visibility of what is going wrong within your uh business service and how do you ensure that you are proactive about it and it's not just you as an operator who are proactive about it but how does it how do you ensure that the uh, uh that the that the machine itself understands the nomenclature of what you have what you are actually supporting and how does it actually proactively come back come back with recommendations of for resolving these complex issues without human intervention is what will actually get you to that desired server to admin ratio which you seek with extreme automation available in the cloud and that will actually also aid in shrinking your overall total cost of uh, operations reduction and not just just the move to the cloud so how do you devise your operations model how do you ensure that you have real time visibility of the services consumed by each and every stakeholder how do you have real time visibility of the costs associated with your dev environments test environments how does how can the system give you recommendations in terms of how to optimize your infrastructure usage on the cloud or how to optimize your service usage on the cloud how do you get recommendations automatically in terms of improving the performance of the applications which are deployed on the cloud all of that needs to be considered as a as a production devops model if i were to say and devops is not just about what you do in the application development domain or the application testing domain but it's also about how do you manage production efficiently with a lot of agility and this is one of the mechanisms uh, so what we have as part of the uh, the aws assurance suite platform is we provide all of these services uh, as i said it's all about ensuring supporting business services and not about supporting it layers and that is the fundamental shift which is happening which needs to be made by by every uh, enterprise today is to look at how do you how do you do a shift left from code maintenance to infrastructure maintenance to just business process support and 
the ability to give the top-down visibility of that particular business process or service issue uh, with push feeds coming to you rather than you having to pull things is, is what we have based. And this is powered by our uh, AI platform, Mana, which we have launched uh, recently. So this is available as a service on the cloud uh, along with our AWS Assurance Suite uh, when, we, when we take it to our clients. So that is something which is uh, which is we are we are pretty passionate about, and we are actually investing a huge amount of effort in terms of creating this entire knowledge model for enterprises. And this knowledge model which we are creating is available to every enterprise who wants to actually migrate their workloads onto our onto our um, uh, service assurance suite platform. Again, uh, uh, one of the primary drivers around everything today is about user experience. So we provide uh, different operations personas have different user experience views. So there's a view for a security admin, there's a view for an infrastructure admin, and you can actually combine all of these views as mashups for supporting your environments together. So that's, that's pretty important so that uh, you don't have to deal with 10 different screens of 10 different tools. Everything is aggregated, integrated, and merged into one consolidated manageable view which is ultimately supporting your business service, and that's all you care about. You don't care about 50 other tools which are lying underneath it. But how can you actually manage and, uh, manage and operate that service effectively is what is more, most important. So this is something Saju spoke about, uh, this client, uh, wherein we had actually done the entire uh, migration and the transformation uh, for, for, for the Australian client, and we are actually running their entire uh, about 200-plus uh, workloads uh, of this client on the cloud, leveraging our platform uh, with a very lean operations team. And all of what I spoke about in terms of uh, creating a production DevOps model is basically embedded. So you do not have separate, you do not staff people at the layers. You basically have a, a consolidated and a merged team which can actually do multiple things. One of the things which we try to do here is through a lot of infrastructure as code automation as well as platform as code automation which is embedded into the platform, you, you, you actually reduce the dependency on the tribal knowledge of the person who's supporting this environment. And all of that is made available as single-click, right-click English text. And that actually you know, speeds up the entire process of operation support, which you actually bring, uh, bring out. So uh, what we achieved for this client was uh, they, they, were, they were locked in with a traditional data center services client for the last 20-plus uh, years. And they wanted to migrate to the cloud, which is where we actually worked out the business case for the AWS cloud. And actually, that provided them a continuous contestability. So there were initially, there were certain workloads which they had parked saying they'll never move out of, of the traditional data center and will only move the newer web application type of workloads to the public cloud. But through this process of extreme operations efficiency, which we brought in through this process of a lot of self-service, which was actually empowered to the developers and the testers for building their applications, they ended up migrating additional workloads from that, from that data center partner also to the cloud. So it, it's a learning process for them as well, but this actually encouraged them to take big steps, and now AWS is their de facto cloud platform, which they have actually uh, decided, and most of their workloads are getting moved onto this, onto this cloud platform. So that's, uh, that's something which is important. We could actually do that because we strategized it right in terms of the workload migration path, the factory which we created for workload migration. So, uh, so I spoke about the two layers, and this is the integrated view of our platform. We call it the knowledge-driven, unified service assurance uh, platform, uh, which we are taking to our clients. So if you see on the left-hand side, there's a bunch of IAS, PaaS, traditional data center services, as well as SaaS services, which you might want to consume. In between, there is this brokerage and governance layer, which is nothing but a service integration layer, which, uh, which is what the, the assurance suite provides. 
it's a homogeneous uh, user experience with uh, it provides homogeneous user experience it provides maximum performance optimal costs as well as uh, seamless governance through all of the controls which i just spoke about which are embedded in it some of some of the key tenets of the platform are a unified service catalog whether you want to order uh, uh, your uh, whether you want to order a desktop or whether you want to order a virtual machine in the cloud or whether you want to order uh, 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 what we call an AWS PaaS service or a SaaS service. All of that is available through a unified service catalog. There's a provisioning and migration function which is available for each of the services which you want to move to the cloud for. Uh, there's extreme orchestration and automation built into it. As I, you saw the earlier slide on service orchestration which powers this entire uh, platform functioning and the dynamics. Uh, there's security controls embedded. There's out-of-the-box security controls which are available, uh, which are native AWS security controls, as well as your third-party tools which you might want to bring on board. There's a single page of administration for, for the operators, for the different user personas or the user communities who want to actually leverage this platform. Uh, there's tons of operations analytics embedded, which is powered by our Infosys MANA solution, which is the AI platform which we have. And the ability for uh, knowledge-driven ops, it provides a great opportunity to move from uh, a governed operate, operating environment to a supervised learning operative environment to an unsupervised learning operating environment. That is the journey which every organization has to traverse towards a, towards a true AI model, artificial uh, intelligence model for the business and IT. And that's what we actually start with by creating a knowledge-driven ops model. Uh, you create your knowledge ontology, store everything, and then create robots and create algorithms to basically ensure that what you have learned is actually applied in terms of governance of operations for this entire environment. And then, uh, as I said, uh, the ability for the organization to actually entrust more power to the end users through the subscription-based model which we have so that there's showback or billing uh, at, at a user level, at a business unit level, at an org level, at a partner level, you can actually get a view of all of these billing capabilities. And that's where we actually leverage our partner solution called Cloudine, which provides which enterprise-grade billing monitoring for what you do onto the cloud. And that's what we actually have inbuilt onto the platform as well. And also a unified operations console. Uh, as I said, different user communities use this. There's ops teams, there's IT users, there's business users. There's something which you can actually create and customize as a user experience through different persona-based portals for each of these groups. Uh, and you get the character, uh, you, 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 I spoke about the characteristics of the platform. So this is something which organizations are looking to leverage. They, are, they might be on the journey midway or maybe quarter way, but this is something which organizations are going to need. Uh, also, it propels their ability to actually uh, consume on-premise as well as public cloud services also through the same platform uh, uh, when, when, we, when we have this uh, kind of a multi-tenant platform available to them. Now, this platform can support all types of workloads which you want to move to the cloud. It's not specifically for either web workloads. So we have aided our clients in moving their dev test platform. So we have customers, Sajus spoke about, who are leveraging uh, the platform just to do dev test management, their entire DevOps process acceleration. Some clients are leveraging just our operation suite, uh, and we, we provide ops services on for, for their existing workloads onto the cloud. So transformation might have been done by somebody else, but we provide end-to-end -end operation services for them. The ability to actually put newer services on the cloud, like infrastructure, disaster recovery services, uh, storage services, backup and archiving services are also some of the workloads which we have moved to the cloud for some of our clients out there. How do we actually do a packaged application hosting on the AWS cloud, be it a SAP suite or be it a, uh, 
a PeopleSoft suite or a Siebel application, how do you actually get such such heavyweight applications onto the cloud and ensure that you get the same performance because these are a business critical systems. There are car manufacturers whose entire uh, manufacturing line is based on an SAP suite out there. And when they want to move such an application onto the cloud, you require an enterprise grade service assurance platform to ensure that everything hangs in balance when they actually make this move out. Uh, there's business apps, as I mentioned, for this leading retail manufacturer, their core business application, which was an 18-year-old legacy application, was moved to the cloud, and we could actually uh, provide them the same levels of service assurance, which they had. High-performance compute apps are another big area. Uh, we have seen many banks as well as uh, financial services institutions, uh, insurance and healthcare companies leverage uh, the complex uh, uh, analytics and algorithm capabilities which are provided by AWS, and that's something which we make available as well. So... All of these enterprise workloads are, is something which every enterprise desires, and they are all available on the AWS cloud, uh, made available to the enterprise with enterprise-grade service assurance through our platform. So, and uh, just to summarize, uh, the left-hand sidebar indicates the native uh, investments which we are making uh, for our clients to basically accelerate their journey onto the cloud, be it the workload migration suite, uh, be it the assurance suite, be it the AI platform, which we are, we are embedding all of these capabilities into one single consumable platform by our clients. And on the right-hand side is are the investments which we are making in the startup community. Uh, Cloudine and Cloud Endure are investments which we have taken as stakes in startups. Panaya is a company which we have, in, uh, which we have acquired for helping uh, accelerate SAP workload migrations to the cloud, which comes, comes up with a complete business case of understanding what the customer's footprint is and how do you actually move uh, a SAP application and test it onto the cloud. So uh, this is, in a nutshell, uh, the core proposition which uh, we are taking to our clients as part of our uh, journey. So we'll just pause here and see if there are any questions which we want to take.